Hello and welcome to the ROG Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stress and distressed, restructuring post reorg in the European and SEMIA markets. It's Tuesday, August the 2nd. I'm Giulia Rusconi. And I'm Richard Woolley. Coming up this week, Head of European Credit Research Norsa here will tell us why the short dated bonds of UK car manufacturer Jaguar Land Rover are attractive. Legal reporter Connor Lovell will comment on Hoost's restructuring, which has just been sanctioned, and was the first successful use of a restructuring plan by a middle market company outside of administration. Senior Covenant lawyer Ian Chin will summarise for us the covenant trends that our lawyers observed in the European leverage loan and high yield bond market so far this year. And reporter Beatrice Mavrolian will discuss the latest deals that emerged in the primary market since last Tuesday. Noor is the head of our credit research team in Europe and she has been looking into Jaguar Land Rover. Noor, can you please tell us why the shorter dated notes of uh, Jaguar Land Rover, also called JLR, appear to be attractive? Thanks, Julia. The shorter dated notes are shielded by the group's 5.2 billion of liquidity. I think management could use this access liquidity to redeem the upcoming maturities. The group's 2024 senior notes are trading at about 93.95. These bonds could offer a five to seven points upside in price and two years of coupon if they do get redeemed at par. Investors can also consider selling CDS on these bonds, which could offer an attractive upfront premium. So what's your view on the long end of uh, the company's curve? Are you also constructive on the 2028 and 2029 notes or, or not? So JLR's spread curve is relatively flat. Uh, while the shorter end uh, um, is shielded by the group's liquidity and group's near-term potential to generate cash, in my view, the incremental spread on the longer-dated 2028 and 2029 notes does not adequately compensate investors for the additional f- risks faced in the medium term. Uh, some of these risks include potential demand softening in case of an upcoming recession or rising rates, cost inflation related to energy, commodities, and labor, although some of the pressure on the commodities have eased a bit recently. Um, and then the last one would be higher than guided investment spending, which could lead them to burn cash, uh, which has been the case with JLR historically. Uh, So in my view, through getting exposure to this short end of the curve rather than the long end, investors can avoid these medium-term risks. Thanks a lot, Noor, for joining us today. In July, the English High Court approved Hoost's restructuring plan. Legal reporter Connor Lovell was following proceedings and I caught up with him a little bit earlier to discuss the company, what it does and what this means for the middle market. Hoost is a very big deal for the middle market. It's the first time an SME outside of administration has used a restructuring plan to restructure its debt. The company itself is very small. It provides a hosting and management platform for Airbnb and other sites like it. The central problem we have is that previously the cost of two court hearings and the associated evidential burden has put the new restructuring plan out of reach for all but the largest companies. For example, when Virgin Active restructured in 2021, it reportedly cost well over a million pounds. This is clearly you know, too expensive for, for a company with a small cap stack. The precedent means that we may see more small companies opting for a restructuring plan rather than filing for administration, 
once the fee structure has been revealed. Uh, at present, this is somewhat ambiguous about how they paid for this. Uh, we published some analysis about the case last week, including some detail on the cramdown of creditors. Uh, why is it significant in this case? Correct. In this case, the cramdown creditor was HMRC. Many middle market companies in distress owe taxes to HMRC, so this is an important hurdle. It's also significant because HMRC has special rights as a second preferential creditor in an insolvency situation. A quirk of the Hoost case is that this is an example of a quasi-cram-up. This is where cross-class cram-down is used by junior creditors to impose a proposal on more senior creditors. I say quasi because although the cram-down party, HMRC, would technically rank behind the senior secured bank creditor in an administration, the very low value of that security meant that HMRC would have actually received a higher financial dividend in administration. Others have called this an economic cram up or a cram across, but the point is the same. In future, we could see a full-blown cram up. Interesting. Thanks, Connor. Thanks for having me. Our Covenants team have been taking stock of Covenant trends during the first half of 2022. And today, our senior lawyer, Ian Chin, will tell us how Covenants in European leveraged loans and high-yield bonds have shaped up this year. Hi, Ian. I'll leave you the floor. Thanks for having me on. Let me start with European leveraged loans. At the beginning of the year, many thought document terms could only get looser. After all, we had just come off a hot market in 2021, during which sponsors deployed their not insignificant dry powder, investor appetite seemed endless, and loan issuance increased significantly, all of which meant that covenant terms turned ever more borrower-friendly in 2021. But that was all before economic uncertainty gripped the market in the first half of 2022, and loan issuances declined. Covenants appear gripped by the same uncertainty. Our research shows the leveraged loan covenant terms are still loose overall. Many aggressive borrower-friendly features continue to clear the market at a similar rate to last year. Supergrower baskets, exclusions of revolving debt from ratio calculations, and stringent lender transfer restrictions are just some examples. Having said that, and on the plus side for investors, we have seen documents tightening in some respects. We saw loan investor pushback in 53% of loan deals in the first half of this year. Investors focus in particular on restricted payments, debt capacity, and pricing terms for pushback. And so it appears that the first half of 2022 has led to some rebalancing so far as loan terms are concerned. Okay, so to summarize, uh, there are still loose covenants in the leveraged loan documentation, but there were some successful pushbacks from investors. And what about um, high-yield bonds? The picture with European high-yield bonds is pretty similar. In light of contraction in bond issuances, 31% of bonds experienced investor pushback, with relatively long lists of amendments made to triple eights and Novolex's senior secured notes, for example. Compared to last year, general capacities for debt incurrence and value leakage also reduced across the board. But don't be mistaken by the slightly rosier picture painted by these investor wins. High yield bond issuers still benefit from very favorable terms, 
For example, dividend-to-debt toggles continue to clear the market, as do two-times contribution debt baskets. There are numerous other examples, but I'll leave it there for now. Thanks, Ian. And this sounds to me like a mixed picture. Is there anything investors can draw on for the remainder of the year? We think this will depend on how the markets shape up for the rest of the year. In light of tough economic conditions, we could imagine investors taking the opportunity to tighten documentation, or at least keep them stable. But equally, if issuances remain low, investors could still be enticed if the price is right, regardless of document terms. What does seem likely is that there will be opportunity for investors to tighten covenant terms in both markets, if they choose to. Thanks again, Ian. For more in-depth analysis, you can download and review our reports on the European Leverage Loans Covenants and the European High Yield Bond Covenants that are available on our website under the Covenant Trends series. Earlier today, I had a catch up with Beatrice Mavroli and our leverage finance reporter to discuss current conditions in the European primary market, where things are beginning to look slightly more positive. Recently, we've seen signs that the primary market is coming back to life, although deals still come at very wide OIDs. Two transactions which had been put on hold because of unfavourable market conditions and were expected to go the private, private debt route came back to the loan market instead. Um, CLO issuance has also improved and high yield funds ended their run of outflows, boosting demand for new debt. Swedish business to business distribution services provider Optigroup priced at three, its 365 million seven year first lien term loan B alongside a 200 million second lien facility, which was privately placed. The first lien term loan B priced at an OID of 90 with an E plus 525 basis point margin while the second lien facility will pay E plus 800 basis points. The, the debt will fund the acquisitions of um, Optigroup and Dutch B2B distribution business um, Hygos by FSM Capital Partners. The deal struggled in syndication in May because of unfavorable market conditions and various investor concerns, including the possible entry of larger players such as Amazon into the group's market. At the time, the debt had a different structure, comprising a 515 million term loan B and a 50 million delayed draw term loan B. Um, pricing for the term loan B in May started at E plus 525 basis points with an OID in the range of 94 and 95, although the OID on the issuance was thought to have widened as far as 91 at the time. The deal was not syndicated to the wider market and was instead sold to a group of investors who were supportive of the transaction in May. Meanwhile, Belgian gaming company Gaming One's 300 million term loan B, which will fund its acquisition of CVC, is being marketed to investors who were constructive about the deal last month. The company is thought to have struggled to cover the books for the term loan B at the original OID of 95 and widened this to around 93 early last month. This time round, the leads are marketing the, the, the deal at 90 to 91 OID with the margin unchanged at E plus 525. A number of lender-friendly documentation changes have also been made to covenants on the deal related to the margin ratchet, the EBITDA adjustment cap, the asset sale disposal sweep, debt incurrence, restricted payments, investments, and debt repayments, as well as other points. 
Late last week, German portable toilet company Toitoy and Dixie, formerly known as Adco, also priced a 200 million non-fungible term loan B add-on at 95 with a 500 basis point um, margin. The add-on will support the company's acquisition of its peer Sibac. The amount was originally 160 million, but this was upsized to 200 million. PIMCO also bought about 600 million of the term loans backing the, the sale of UK supermarket Morrison's, according to Bloomberg. Uh, in total, about 800 million euros of the loans were offloaded by banks to funds in the mid to high 80s, the article said. The, the debt is part of a 1.7 billion um, of senior secured leveraged loan tranche that has been sitting on banks' balance sheets. Uh, meanwhile, um, European specialty pharmaceutical company Neurax Farm priced a fungible 175 million euro 2027 term loan B add-on at an OID of 94 with a margin of E plus 45 basis points. Uh, gambling uh, technology company IGT uh, announced its RCF was upsized to $1.83 billion from $1.68 billion equivalent and the maturity extended extended to July 31st, 2027. And uh, Dutch geodata uh, provider Fugro announced a new comprehensive sustainability-linked financing comprising a 200 million euro three-year RCF and a 200 million euro three-year term loan. As always, more information on all of the situations and events discussed in the podcast today are available on our website, reorg.com. We hope you can join us next Tuesday for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening.